Great. I'm glad because I don't want to have to wake you up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Amen. Um, just a quick announcement. Uh, so you may be new to the church that uh, the first Sunday, I think I'm right on this, we have communion, communion Sunday, but we also have church 101 immediately after the service. And that is about 30, 35, 40 minutes that we take with the staff to meet with you and explain a little bit about the church and our structure and serving. Some of you notice that maybe some of the tables out there in the lobby uh, sign up for serving. And, and uh, first of all, you got to be a member of the church. Amen. And uh, that is not something where we have you slice your wrist and sign in blood. No, it's just simply going through a class that we get to know you to know who we are spiritually responsible for. Amen. Amen. I mean, we're spiritually responsible for everyone that walks in the door. No, God told me years ago that those that dive in, plug in, and become members, as, as Ephesians says, that you are members in God's church body. And that's where we are, and we thrive and serve in that. And so we just, we encourage that. We encourage you to, to dive in. And then certain of the ministries, it takes some time to get to know you. And so we uh, have, like, to serve on the worship team is at least six months. And, and then as we get to know you, and then you can be a part of that as you uh, try out for that. And then other areas here, we do background checks on all of those that serve. Amen. And I just think that's just prudence and wisdom in this day and age. But, but we welcome all. We welcome you to Church for the Harvest and to come to Church 101 if you'd like to know more about the church and, and being plugged in as a member. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, let me take a few moments here and pray and ask for God's blessing uh, for the Word of God today. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person that is here. I thank you, Lord, that they didn't just stumble in here, but, Lord, you brought them here. And I thank you that you are continually adding to this house, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that you have a message, you have a word, you have a, a challenge and an exhortation. And only you can do that because you are God. And so, Holy Spirit, I invite you now. Speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're just going to continue in our series. I hope you're gathering something out of this series about spirit and soul power. Uh, I'll just take a, a brief moment here on recapping uh, and can, we'll, Lord willing here, get into more of the sower and some characteristics about the sower. But our foundation verses, the fifth week, behold the sower. Our foundation verses in Mark chapter four, uh, Mark chapter four. And uh, about the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about if you can get this parable, you can under understand all. And so I think it's important for us to kind of delve into this and, and, and share and pull out all the nuggets of truth for what the Lord has for you and I here today and in this series. Can you say amen? amen. And I kind of started this off about wondering. Have you ever wondered day in and day out, weekend and week out, you come to church? And, you know, here's the thing about Church of the Harvest is a little bit different. In most churches, and I don't mean that in any condescending way. Some churches are just set up for you to clock in and clock out. Amen. Come on now. Yeah. You know, and it's really not a preaching and teaching the word and a little bit of Regis Digest here. Come on, and then you're out. But Church of Harvest is different. I feel the mandate of God to declare the word of God, even though it may be unpopular in the culture. Amen. And even though it may be contrary to what's going on in the society. I still am mandated by God to share the truth of the word of God because I have to give an account to that. Amen. 
and I'll be under higher judgment. So I don't want the Lord to say to me, I told you to speak and you were afraid of the people. I'm not going to be that guy. That doesn't mean you have to be mean and angry. And all. No, we can still be life-giving, but it, there's times where you have to speak and declare, and that's costly. In many nations, I would be arrested. I would be in prison in some countries right now for sharing the gospel or killed. That's just a fact. So at this point in America, we still have the freedom, and we need to maintain that. And we need to stand and fight for that. Amen? But, you know, wandering about, going back to the question, got off a little bit there, about the Word of God and all the promises, it, uh, uh, over 8,000 promises in the Word of God. We're not seeing that in the Word. If I don't like to use this term, but I've used it a lot, the Word working in our life. And the Word works. How many know that the Word of God is powerful? Amen? But we hear the preaching and teaching, and, and it seems like in our life, Nothing is changing, and that, you know, that should not be. Amen? God is causing us to be conformed to his image if we submit to that. How many still with me say amen? amen. And so I said this last week, and I've been saying each week, a spiritual person. Somebody shout spiritual. spiritual. I don't know about you, but I want to be a spiritual person. Not a weird person, but a spiritual person. Amen? Because there's people that think they're spiritual and they're weird. That's not spirituality. Okay? But a spiritual person is one who lives according to, is led by their born-again spirit. And then we have this illustration we get to in a moment about the three parts of our body instead of living for our soul and our body. And, and I said this too, and I just threw this in. Uh, when our priorities and affections are out of order, our life is out of order. So if our affections and the priorities, how we prioritize our life, if Jesus is on the list of your to-do list, Around 18 or 19, your priorities are out of order. That's one of those hard things to say that I'm commanded to say. Yeah, we, he needs to be number one in our life. God's number one. And what a powerful testimony, Robin and Stacy just shared. That is a powerful testimony of the, the power of God working in their lives and, and transformation. That's like from before to after. That, that right there is a miracle. I didn't mean to pull you out, but I just, I rejoice in that. Seeing that God moving, that is the spirit of God moving. So we want our priorities and our affections in order, in, excuse me, in order. Uh, and we don't want to be a person that's out of order. And so I've used this illustration about that the scripture talks about spirit, soul, and body. And how uh, there's numerous scriptures that speak about that. That's who we are. We're made up. God created us that way. We are a spirit, man, or women. We have a soul which consists of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body which is like a shell. And uh, that shell is going to die someday and decay. But our spirit and soul, it's going to live forever. You will remember when you die, church for the harvest. You will, come on, you will remember the people you communicated with when you were on earth. You're going to remember everything. But for the believer, you'll have a new body. In heaven, that will not have aches and pains. Come on, somebody. Not going to have all that. Give me that vitamin ibuprofen. You know, you're not going to need any of that. Thank God for the new body. Amen? But, but, but the reason I said, and I just kind of threw out possibly in, in many or in all of our lives, but, but I would just say where the word is not working, where you feel you're not changing. You're not advancing in the things of God. In other words, you feel like you're stuck. Somebody shout stuck. You just, you just feel stuck. It, I would say that that maybe is a wake-up call that we need to be aware and reckon that possibly, all right, is this something on the Lord's end that I need to just trust 
and I just need to be faithful in this season, right? How many of you know that seasons, you just got to be faithful, and you may in the natural see nothing going on. You don't feel in your heart that you do anything wrong, but just trusting and waiting on the Lord. That's true. We need to, there's seasons of that. We just got to wait. Those who wait upon the Lord, and waiting doesn't mean you're sitting there doing nothing. Waiting actually in, in the Hebrew means to entwine, to, to wrap around like a rope, a three-cord rope. That's what it means to wait on the Lord or like a waiter. How many have ever served as a waiter or waitress at a restaurant? God bless you. I mean, that's one of the most difficult. But, you know, you're at the beck and call. You need more water. You know, you want, well, here, you need napkins. You know, oh, I forgot your utensils. You know, that's it. So when we wait on the Lord, it's active. It's pursuing. It's not passive. All right. Let me see that. Amen. And so we talked about our, our spirit man. And then we talked about our soul, which is a sukkah in the Greek, that every single one of us has soul, and that's made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and the, 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 the product of your past growing up. And uh, what do you remember about your past? Uh, how healthy was that in the situation you grew up, or how dysfunctional? You grew up in a family where there's constantly conflict. I grew up in that. Constantly. Everybody's hollering, screaming. Now, they are Italians, and so you got to cut them some slack on that, and they talk with their hands. Forgive me. But, uh, uh, but, but, but you know, the, if you grow up, in, uh, that, that affects your soul. It affects your soul. Constant contention, and, you know, you, you, you have a, a, some damage there in the soul that Christ is there to heal us. Can you say amen? amen. And so, so, so we know, but, but, but the fall in Genesis chapter 3 talks about where sin entered in. To our spirit man. So before the fall, we said Adam, Eve, they walked in perfect communion and fellowship with the Lord. Their spirit man and woman was uncorrupt. It was amazing how God created them and the strength and the vitality and the wisdom and the mind. And the spirit had ascendancy over all of that. So in other words, the spirit of Adam, the spirit of Eve told the body what to do and the soul and how to think. Just think of being able to get up every morning and physically walking with the creator of the universe. You think you'd have, how many would have questions for God if you could physically do that? Now? Come on now, I mean, confusing things like I prayed about this, I didn't understand this in the past. Why did this happen? Do you think he would have an answer for you? How would you be after those daily walks? You would be the next day, I got another question. There'd probably come a time in your life you go, my God, my God, I just want to be with you. Amen? And so the spirit man had ascendancy, but sin, corruption, Satan coming in, and uh, it switched that to where the fall and disobedience brought the spirit uh, subject, in a sense, or in bondage, and the soul took over, the soul of man. And that's where we see humanity today. The mind, the will, and the emotions, the soul is dominating people's character, the flesh, what's going on, how to squeeze everything out of this life of the flesh because when you die, you just have, you know, who knows what the future holds for that. But right now, we got to suck out all the life we could get, the fun, the pleasure out of life, and the spirit is, 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 is bound. That's right. It's not alive. And so, as hence the title of this series, uh, The Spirit and Soul. Who has the power? Well, Unless you're born again, your soul does. And here's the thing. Don't get frustrated for those who don't know the Lord and they sin and they mess up. They're supposed to. 
So did you. Right? Before you knew Christ. And, and, and you were subject in bondage, the Bible says. You couldn't get yourself out of it. Other than faith in Christ. When you heard the word of God. You heard the preaching. You heard the message of the gospel. And you responded to that message. That truth and faith. Somebody shout faith. Everyone has faith. The worst, excuse me, the worst heathen has an element of faith. Really. To accept the Lord. God desires that all men come to repentance. And so God moves. Yes, I know he moves on hearts. And, 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 and at times when he does that, don't resist the spirit of God that's moving on your heart when you respond to him. But here's the thing. Your body, your soul will serve whoever's in control. If it's the spirit man or the spirit woman, uh, it's going to serve that. And But here's the thing. This series is a large part, not just for the lost, but it's really for those that are believers. Because we're born again and we have a relationship with Christ. Our spirit man is saved, but we still struggle with this soul. Maybe some of you, mm -hmm, but most of you, listen, I still struggle with the soul. It's amazing how powerful the soul is. Even though Christ won the victory on the cross, defeated Satan, that soul still is powerful. Some of you shaking your heads like, yeah, amen. You don't know what happened this past week. <laughs> so, so, but that's why Jesus came. Someone had to come and break that vice, that curse, that bondage, and that self-will off the throne. And there was only one person, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who could do that. Can you say amen? amen. Now, let me just interject. I thank God for the freedom and liberty we have received in Christ Jesus where we can, we can self-rule under the word of God, that there's, the, the, that there's dignity for the common man. And, and how many know that that freedom, that freedom and that truth came from the word of God? It came from God. It came from the Bible. It didn't come from man or it didn't come from the government. Can you say amen? amen. And, but here's the thing you got to remember, and I have to keep telling myself this too, is that there is a God and I am not God. There is a God and you are not God. And because we see a lot of this, in, especially in the LGBT community, and we see this in individuals in the, in the way these young kids and TikTok and how they're orchestrating their lives. The God now, any cult has a cult leader. That's right? right? Yeah. David Koresh, Jim Jones, every cult you, has a cult leader. But where is the cult leader of all that? You can't point it out. Well, it's self. That's the leader in that itself its identity it's i'm going to be god and that's what the enemy is doing destroying our youth and china is a large part behind that i'm just going to say it with TikTok. you know what i mean and pounding kids it's like oh you know i listen i posted some videos on TikTok. i got it when i found out oh they're dater mining me i'm not being part of that but I, i'm not trying to be anti there's a lot of good things and there's people that are trying to witness in that but i'm trying to say it is possessing our kids and destroying their lives. They are constantly obsessed with it. Lord, we'll get into more than that in a moment. But, but the, here's the thing. <clears throat> and and uh, let me just tamper this here. There is a God and I am not God. Neither are you. But that's where our flesh, that's where the soul, uh, that unregenerated part, uh, uh, if we allow our soul, it'll destroy us. And Satan is out for soul destruction. That's what he's out. He's out to keep you tied up, have want nothing to do with the things of God, destroy your life, 
and take your soul to hell, your spirit man or woman. That is his desire. James 120 in verse, uh, verses uh, 20 to 27 says, for the resentful, the deep-seated anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I thought, what an interesting thing here and today. There's a lot of angry people out there and many rightfully so. But how many know that we can be angry but not sin? I just feel to throw that out there. There's a lot of anger that's out there in what's happening in our government. And actually, the Amplified says when it talks about the righteousness of God, it's that standard of behavior which he requires from us. Wow. Amen. Galatians 5.13. Just throwing this in here as we jump in. For you are called to freedom. Somebody shout freedom. freedom. Thank God for freedom. Amen. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. So in the midst of our frustration, we cannot let a spirit of anger, come on somebody, get upon us. And really, we look just like the world. We're just angry. We're called to not use our freedom and to be in anger. Can I get an amen? amen. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay, back to our text, Matthew 13, 3. Matthew 13, 3. Behold the sower. Someone shout sower. Sower. Went forth the soul. An important event. Jesus thinks it's worthwhile to mention that a single soul went forth to sow. In other words, a Christian man or a woman doesn't, doesn't say that they went out to sow to further the word of God. And I kind of ended last week with this about life or death, heaven or hell may depend upon your sowing of the good seed. And I built a lot of that with an illustration, a story that I shared with something personally uh, in my life that happened, a gentleman that came in my life where I received an impartation because of him sowing in my life. But the gospel, your sowing, their life could be depend upon it. That's powerful. Your life can affect somebody for the rest of their life, for good or for evil. So <clears throat> the scripture says that, the Bible says that we ended with this, that it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching. preaching. Someone shout foolish. foolish. I'm a fool right now. <laughs> really. In the eyes of the world, this is foolish. You coming to a church, sitting there, listening to some book that was written over a 1,600-year period with all these authors all saying the same thing. It's foolish. But it's also God. Amen. It's the purposes of God. It's the life of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. And I think about foolishness. God in his wisdom was well-pleased. Somebody shout well-pleased. Well Through what? The foolishness of the message priest. Regarding salvation, to save those who believe in Christ and welcome him as Savior. When I think about that, I think when the Lord maybe determined that in the, in the eons ago, before he created the heavens and the earth, he said, I can see the angels of heaven saying, and those wise elders that he has there. Uh, he said, Lord, this is kind of foolish. I mean, you're going to use crazy just humans, people to declare your message? Why don't you bring these angels to show up and, and, and just declare the truth of your word? You know, the, the people on the earth, the famous, the educators, the popular elites, uh, they, they're going to think that's ridiculous. It's, it's going to think that's foolish. Trying to get your message out that way, God laughed and said, I love it. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a song out that I think it was back in 1985, because I'm just a nobody, Casting Crowns, I think, in 2018, did a rendition of it. And uh, he goes like this, because I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about, come on, somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see 
nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I love that. When I was nine years old, I was turned on television. I saw a, a Western, uh, and the title of it was My Name is Nobody, Isimo. And uh, it's in Italian. It was a 1973 spaghetti Western comedy. Terrence Hill and Henry Fonda played in it. And the story follows uh, a guy named Mr. Nobody who attempts to get his idol, Jack Warguard, Henry Fonda, who wants to retire and to take on this wild bunch gang of outlaws. But the scene I saw was he was in a bar and, and he was doing something with the pistols. And at nine years old, I just thought it was hilarious. And he's a nobody, but he actually was a somebody. He was actually pretty good. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, God still calls nobodies. Amen. Did you hear that? That's just not a cute thing. That's, that's the truth. And I think of my life, if I ever write a book, I would title it Mr. Nobody. Just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about somebody. Come on. Amen. That's really, and that's, how, and, and it really, that started back at Genesis 12 when God called Abraham. He was a nobody from nowhere, actually. To serve him, the one true God. And so too, we are God's agents. Let me just personalize it. You are God's agents of blessings and renewal for all the world. Amen. That needs to seep, in, seep into your soul. You are called to be shapers of history. It's got awfully quiet here. But that's a fact. You are called to be world changers, not marking time through life. Just barely trying to survive or waiting for the rapture. I am not waiting for the rapture. I grew up 40, 50 years of hearing that. My dad stacked coffee beans and lima beans in the basement because the rapture is going to happen, of course, you remember back in 1980, right? Remember that? Oh, I'm sorry, 88. And, oh, I'm sorry, 90 when the planets have... Oh, I'm Y2K. I mean, some of you still have generators, you know, from Y2K. Amen. <laughs> that mindset of escapism will paralyze you from moving forward. Because you're just hunkering down. We're not hunkering down here at Harvest. Amen. During the pandemic, God allowed us to build a church. Amen. I told that to a guest, a national guest speaker. He goes, what? That's a miracle. I said, you better believe it is. I'm still shocked over it, that it happened. Where everyone's hunkering down, hiding, we move forward. Amen. Amen. You moved forward. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so God is still looking for nobodies to tell everybody about Christ. Amen. So very quickly here, just a few more minutes. Can you take a little bit more? All right. Number one, who was this soul? Who was this soul? Well, we don't know anything at all about him except that he was a sower. Say, so, well, this is going to be a very quick point. <clears throat> his individuality seemed to be swallowed up in his office. He was a sower. We don't know who his father was, right? We don't know about his mother, if he had a sister or a brother. All we know that it's written about him that he's a sower. Come on now. Now, it seems this sower lost his identity in his service. In other words, he has lost his selfhood. He became once and for all a sower of the seed and nothing but a sower. Let that sink in. <clears throat> this sower. had a unique purpose in Christ. He found his purpose in Christ. In other words, he discovered what he was supposed to do in life, to be a sower of the seed. And so my question to you all is, have you discovered your purpose? 
That's a loaded question. Are you following what Jesus has for you in your life? Colossians uh, 3 3. Colossians 3 3. For you died in this world, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, our spiritual life is hidden with Christ. God is the source. And that's where we find our purpose in Christ. Let me say that again. We find our purpose as we draw near to Christ. We find our purpose in him. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, that we are set our minds on things, the verse before. So how do we know finding our purpose? Well, the verse before says, set your mind. Someone shout your mind. That's that soul. That's where our spirit, man, we have to take charge of the soul and tell our soul what to do. Setting our minds. Setting our mind, things above. Keep thinking about things that are spiritual, not things that are the earth. How many of you know that garbage in, garbage out? Right? And a lot of us, you know, we have to have a dumpster each, each, some weekly, some daily. Amen. Just dump that stuff, get that stuff out. And so we, we see about this sower that he was a sower. The second thing I would say is that if you notice that there are many personal matters about the sower which are quite unimportant. It's not mentioned. Jesus says nothing about him. It's not mentioned whether he was a refined sower. It's not mentioned that he was either eloquent or a country or a hillbilly or a city or rural sower. Isn't that right? It doesn't matter. That's why. Jesus doesn't mention it because it doesn't matter. Simply says, a sower went forth. That's all it says. He does not tell us how this sower was dressed. Uh, one time I asked him, invited a person to come to church, and they said, well, what's the attire? I said, clothes would be nice, you know. He mentions nothing about whether he was a black sower. Come on, somebody, or a white sower, or an Asian sower, all right, a Middle Eastern. The rich man in hell didn't go to hell because it says he, was, he had food, and he had sumptuously filled himself, and he had extravagant clothes. No, the rich man went to hell because there was a no in his life. A no, Father Abraham. No, Father Abraham. That's why he went to hell. All his life, there was no. Well, so too for us today, who sow the word of God, the Holy Spirit, I believe, will bless all sorts of men and women as they proclaim the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9.20. 1 Corinthians 9.20. When I was with the Jews, Paul says, I lived like a Jew. To bring the Jews to Christ. Now watch this. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so that I could what? Bring to Christ. Say that we say, bring to Christ those who are under the law. You know, so too many today, they're trying to fit in. Be a part of a certain group in a circle. Be known and identify with a certain group of people. Bring to Christ. How many know God has not called us just trying to fit into a certain group? Amen. Amen. He's called us to reach those for Christ. And so there may be some identifiable traits that you can relate to. That's okay. That's fine. You will reach people I will never reach. Did you hear that? You will bring and invite people that if I invited them, they may never come. But you will reach certain people and God planned it that way. That's okay. But we all have to remember the main purpose and focus is what? Number one, that we are to do it to reach those for Christ, not just try to fit in. Amen. All right? Because our, our nationality, our, all of that is tied up in who we are in Christ. Can you say amen? amen? 
Very quickly, another thing we see about this is that this man's name or his fame is not written in, in, in the Bible. Nothing about it, that he was, he was a rich man. He was a very famous man that went out to soul. Why? Because in light of eternity, how many know our name doesn't matter, but Jesus does? <laughs> our human souls always want to be noticed. You know, that's just, use this illustration. The human soul, it just, it just, it wants to be glamorized. Not many amens on that one. <laughs> it wants to be, uh, I mean, we want to be noticed always in front of having an audience, you know, whether it's on TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram posts. <sighs> wow, she's so beautiful. Yeah, all the editing and the brushing and the twinkle in the eyes, the whitening of the teeth. Come on, somebody. It's not real. <laughs> or it may be real. <laughs> They're just beautiful. Okay, great. Notice me. I'm, I'm hitting some. Some of you are starting to wake up. You know, and it's like, you look at me, look what's happening in my life. It's fun. It's exciting. And your life's boring, but my life is fun. That is a lie. Amen. It's, it's all a lie. I need to, I need to hit on that. <laughs> really, the boy, when you boil it down, it's tell me I'm somebody and I have worth. Now, some of you might now are starting to delete posts right now on your phones. <laughs> I didn't see none of your posts. But I'm really trying to hit at something that Satan is doing to the soul of mankind. It really is what he's doing to the world, the soul. He's, he's just pounding the soul that you don't have value or worth in your life. And so you need to get it out there and get adulation and get just all of these likes because how wonderful you are. You know, some families now are vacationing for the sole purpose of posting photos. I... Uh, yeah, <laughs> just just that, that's I just read something about that. You got to be kidding. Listen, when we go on vacation, we try to it's like we're not posting nothing. You know, we don't. Yeah. Uh, but but it's just like and there's there's nothing wrong. Please let me temper this. That you went to a beautiful place. You took pictures and you, there's nothing wrong with that. So Pastor Mike said there's nothing wrong with that. But to go on a vacation just to post where you're at. And a lot of them are on ledges that they die. They fall off, tragically. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm hitting this, but it's something about this identity issue here. <laughs> that's the soul. That, that, that's the soul looking for, striving to have your name out there, to be noticed. How many know that a real encounter is what we need? from the Holy Spirit, a real encounter from the Holy Spirit to heal our souls, that we get our validation really from God and from the family of God. Amen. Do you know, you know, it isn't just God alone. It's the people of God as they pray for you and they love on you and they accept you. That's tremendous validation, not approve of, uh, you know, lifestyles contrary to the word of God, but they accept you and they love you and they help you along the way. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. You know, back in the 1800s in Paris, there, was, there wasn't a bridge. There wasn't a public building without the letter N on it, stamped in it. Now, if you go through the city, it's pretty hard-pressed to find an N on the buildings. Why is that? Well, it was Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte. He hoped his fame would live on forever in the imperishable marble and the stone. So he had his name, the letter N, stamped everywhere. Look, look at me. I'm everywhere. If he had TikTok today, he might have a million followers. I don't know. Just by paying for it somehow, paying for followers. How many know the Bible says promotion comes from the Lord? I said promotion comes from the Lord. And so, so too for us when we strive to make a name for ourselves. 
And so I want to encourage you not to be anxious uh, for your name to go down into future generations. We all want to be remembered for good. But how many of you know the one that it matters is the one that it matters? And that's in God's eyes. I find it amazing how quick people forget when you pass on. You just, that you pass on, people move on, and they forget. I mean, those who are dear and close, they remember. And they will always remember because it's in their heart, right? And that's what matters. So, but we need to be remembered for not for what, you know, we had done in the flesh, but we do what we do, excuse me, for the kingdom of God. Amen? So too is this man in our text today. He is only remembered by Jesus' testimony that he was a sower. What an amazing point for Jesus to bring out. Do you want to be remembered for that? That's pretty powerful, I believe. So really, our reputation in light of eternity only matters for what we do for the kingdom and the things of God. Can you say amen? amen. Almost done here. He's going to bring conclusion to uh, another point here. So, And so another thing, just if you're taking notes, we have no record of the name or the fame of this man. But we do know something about him. We Watch this now. We know that he must have first been before a sower. Watch this. He had to be an eater, right? But if he wasn't an eater, he wouldn't be a sower. I'm going somewhere. How many know the Bible says the gospel is seed for the sower and bread for the eater? And every person who goes out to sow for God and the kingdom of God must first have been an eater or they would never be a sower. Do you get that? I don't believe this person on the face of the earth who sows the seed in the kingdom of God who hasn't first been an eater and fed on it. Right. Fed on the word of God. So the sower goes forth, but he had to be an eater. He had to feed on the word of God. And then he preached it. Yes, we know that those who pretend to be sowers, they really not eaten, really no discipline in their lives. And, you know, Scripture at times can call, call some of them a tares among the wheat, trying to teach and reach and just going out there and they don't really know. They're really not knowing. And so that's not who God's called us to be. Can you say amen? So we know, though, he was an eater. Another thing, uh, he had been an eater, but he also, watch this, he had to be a receiver. Someone shall receive. <clears throat> a sower cannot sow if he has no seed. Pretending to scatter seed in an empty hand. In other words, pretending to do work in the name of Christ. But really, there's really nothing really in there, anything to give. Really nothing. And so as a pastor, I have to be a receiver and I have to be an eater if I'm going to give. So too in your life. How are you going to reach the person online if you're working, you know, in an industry somewhere? Or your neighbor or friends of yours that you've been... Bumping up against them and people walking around in your community. And how are you going to reach them if you first don't have it in you? Amen. Amen. I hope you're listening here this morning. A receiver. You know, one time, sadly, and I say this, it's just embarrassingly. We would do a lot of trips to New Orleans, Mardi Gras. Incidentally, now I just found out that New Orleans is the murder capital, not of, of, of just the U.S., but the world. <clears throat> Over 55 homicides as of September 11th. More so than Chicago, L.A., I mean, even New York City. It's, it's horrible. But we would go down to Mardi Gras, and, and we would preach on the streets. And some of you have been with us there. And, 
and uh, it's a chaotic uh, cesspool, but we would proclaim Christ and people would come up and we would share the gospel. Yes, we'd be heckled, but people's lives were touched. You know, when they get drunk and they get a little, you know, tippy, whatever, and crazy things can happen, but a lot of them, their spirits open up and they're able to receive. And we've had many times to, to pray and, and just amazing testimonies in a cesspool. How many know we're, light works best in darkness? Amen. But there was this evangelist from Minneapolis that my wife and I knew, and, and we were there, and we were somewhere on the, uh, uh, in front of St. Anne's Church there, and uh, the amphitheater getting ready for a, a praise rally, and he shows up, and he had his cameras, and they took pictures, click, 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 over a couple tracks, and then they packed up and they left. Uh-oh. <laughs> How many of you know that if you're an eater, you also need to be a receiver? Amen. And receivers have disciplines in their life for years. Disciplines in their life for years. How many know that great faith comes by submitting to God's authority? That's right. I'm almost done. Great faith comes by submitting to God's authority. A learner. In other words, a receiver, an eater. Someone that is teachable. Someone that prays. Someone that receives from their pastor. <laughs> someone that reads and studies the word of God. How many know that eaters and receivers serve in the house of God? <laughs> and they, they pray, they give, they sacrifice, they cherish God's word. They cherish God's people. Those are eaters. Those are receivers. And they become souls. Stand with me if you would, please. Receivers, I really believe this, are submitted to God's local spiritual authority that Jesus established. And how many know that equates to great faith? Great faith. There's a scripture here, and I'll just end with this. In Matthew 8, 9. And it talks about the centurion, which he would be equivalent to a major in the military. He was over about 100 men. The Bible says, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Well, wow, yeah. Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord... I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Watch this. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. And then he goes into this verse. For I myself are a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and this one come and he comes and I tell my servant to do this and he does it. Verse 10. I have it here. Jesus says he was amazed. Boy, I don't see many scriptures where it says Jesus was amazed. But it's right here. One of them. Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, and I think he turned around and he goes, You gotta be kidding. People looking at him. Did you hear what this guy just said? Tells everyone around. Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow. I want to be known as a man of great faith. Do you want to be known as a man or a woman of great faith? spiritual authority a man under authority and so i can say it this way as we conclude great faith is a tribute to and submitting to god's spiritual authority allowing the word of god to transform our soul can you say amen allowing the hard preaching and teaching at times from the crazy pastor who waves his hands and spits allowing the word of god not allowing a spirit of offense to come into our hearts amen 
getting mad and getting sidetracked. You have to guard this stuff. You have to guard your spirit, man and woman, because the enemy is always out there dropping stuff. You know, I don't know about this. I, 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 I like just listening to all the love, joy, peace messages. It's, it's, it's hard. I, I, that can't be. God is God of grace and love. He is. Be also the God of truth and righteousness. <laughs> Amen. Every head bowed, please, if you would. May seem a little heavy, but it's true here this morning. Yes, there are many examples of spiritual leaders that abuse their leadership. But here's the thing. You keep your heart right. Watch this. You keep your heart right. You don't get the spirit of offense. You don't get tripped up. Someone needs to hear this. You keep your heart right. God will judge the leader and deal with him. You better believe it. Because he loves his church. He loves his people. He will take care of you for your obedience. Amen. Amen. You're here this morning. As a pastor, not right with the Lord. I need to get right with God. My spirit, I don't really feel I have that assurance of salvation. Today is a great day. Today is a day that you could come into right relationship with Christ where your spirit man or woman can invite in the spirit of God into your life. That's you here this morning. We're going to pray in unison. I ask you to pray. The Bible says if you repent and you believe the good news, just knowing that God's out there somewhere, that's not enough. God has given you the authority over your body, your soul, your spirit to invite him in. You have a choice in the matter. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I, I've never really surrendered my life to God. I mean, I may believe in God, but I've never invited Him into my life to take charge of my life, to be Lord of my life. You need God in your life today. If that's you, I want to challenge you. God is here with open arms to receive you, to wash you, to cleanse you, to forgive you of your past. Nobody can do that. I'm not saying that your past will go away, that you'll forget it, but the pain and the sting of it, he will take away. He will take away. Only he can do that. You're here this morning and say, you know what? I need God in my life with every head bow. Pray with me. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Take my spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come into my life. I'm a sinner. I've transgressed your laws. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name, I give you my life. I will serve you all the days of my life. Amen.